It's giving practical magic vibes minus the dead guy. Yes, or maybe exactly. with the dead guy. I don't know. I guess we'll have to find out in yeah, the sequel. To, to find out. <laughs> Spinnerbait, the podcast where we hate spinnerbait, but we love Rice Krispie treats when we're sad. It's delightful. I'm Michael Ann, and with me as always is Bethany. It's Fessin Day, so you know we're not going to get too bogged down into the tangents. I mean, a little bit maybe, but there's some exciting things to talk about on Thursday. The Golden Bachelor has come out. This is me just like previewing Thursday episodes now. The Golden Bachelor has come out. We must discuss. Uh, there's this whole Dak Shepard thing, which I have purposely stayed blind on because I wanted my clan to explain it to me live on podcast and just general HHN spooky season shenanigans will being being discussed also inside baseball today the day we are recording this is October 1st which is Walt Disney World's birthday so happy birthday Walt Disney World a little belated by the time you all are hearing this but very important as, as two Disney adults um this is the day that Disney World opened, and without it, Orlando wouldn't be what it is, and we wouldn't have met. So really, this day in history, October 1st, 1971, is important to this the podcast. <laughs> Everyone, you're welcome for that. It is the invisible string, if you will. Yeah, as as one Taylor Swift once said, it is the invisible string. Exactly. Um, but without further ado... I tried to give you – I was vamping a little bit there, Michael, and so you could think of your recap. So without further ado, would you like to recap us? <laughs> and you know I wasn't thinking about my recap literally at all, so here we go. Okay, so um, Hayden, nope, I did it again. <laughs> I don't know why you want to make her name Hayden so badly, but I love it. I, I don't know either. It doesn't make any sense. Auden um, is staying with her dad for the summer, kind of like an absent father a little bit, just a smidge. Um, he's married to a much younger woman. They just had a baby, and it seems like things are not going super well in that marriage. Um, her brother Hollis has been like traveling Europe on his on their parents' dime for two years, and now he's back. He's got a girlfriend, and the parents hate her, but she sounds fine. And most importantly, our girl Auden is learning how to love herself and other women. She's falling in love with Eli. They're doing their nightly adventures. And also Heidi might have a little. So somebody in our discord was like, do you think that Heidi has postpartum depression? And I'm like, oh, yeah, duh. like, why didn't I just. Yeah. yeah. That was like exactly what I was thinking. I just like never thought to voice it. But yeah, exactly. Like it's definitely that. But I think we're going to see an upswing. So chapter 12, chapter 12, baby. This week I texted my clan and I was like, is this a one or a two-er? This is the page count. And she was like, yeah, let's just do the one. And I'm like, sweet. I'm not firing all cylinders. I don't, I don't think I have it in me. No, absolutely. I don't think I have it in me to discuss your And I'm really happy that we decided to go with just one because this chapter is, is a it's lot. A, like there's a, a lot, lot to dissect. So I think we easily can talk about this for an hour, if not more. So yeah, we're this, I think was the way to go. Also, not to sideline us already, but is that your speak now cardigan that you're wearing? Oh my god, yes. yes. I just it's so I was soft. very distracted the entire recap because I was like, I think that's a speak now cardigan, but I can't interrupt her right now. So I waited patiently. It's great. Thank you it so much. Wonderful. Yes, it's wonderful. It fits a lot better than the folklore one. Oh, that's a plus. We love that. We love a good fit. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Well now that I spoke now about the speak now cardigan. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can't stress everyone how tired I am. Anyways, uh, chapter 12. Let's freaking do it. Chapter 12, baby. Let's head it off. So the word on the street is that you've changed is what her mother says to her at the beginning of this chapter over the phone. Auden is like, what are you talking about? He changed in what way? And she's like, oh, I'm sure it's for the, well, she didn't say I'm sure, but implied <laughs> for the better, if that's what you're asking. Um, and she says that Auden told, I mean, oh my God, Hollis told their mom that Auden is like blossoming and this has really upset Auden's mom. <laughs> Auden's mom is like personal growth. Absolutely not. Okay. I don't want to hear that you're happy. I don't want to hear that you're thriving. I want you to yep. suffer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's, like, kind of giving her shit for having a boyfriend. She's, like, giving her shit from – oh, and then we kind of flash back to when uh, Hollis caught her with uh, Eli. Mm-hmm. And basically, he, like, gets up every morning and goes for a run and does meditation and yoga stretches with Laura, which I love. I think that – Hollis needs some structure yes, in his life, you know? Yeah. He's had parents that are just I like, go be a reckless boy. And his new girlfriend is like, yes. you should grow up and be a man. <laughs> and I respect that yeah, about Exactly. Her. I do too. So she he like catches her coming home because, you know, she comes home at like 7 a.m. because she's crazy. So he's like kind of grilling her on it and then He's out there, like, he catches her every night, and then eventually he's on the front porch, and he meets Eli, and he talks to him, and it looks like Hollis likes him. Looks like we're getting yeah, the... Yeah, stamp approval from Hollis. Stamp approval. Which, if there's anyone in her family, mm-hmm. like, her actual blood family, because obviously Heidi is family, but she's not blood relation. So Heidi's opinion matters right. because I love her. But if there's anyone that's blood related to Auden that I give a shit about their opinion, it's Hollis, because I've... He's the one I like the most <laughs> out of the people she was blood related to. I think he's I think he's the only one who's thinking of Auden first yes. or strictly. Yes. And I think that both her parents are thinking of image first. Mm-hmm. Daughter like fourth, yeah. honestly. There's if probably a couple things in between. Really honest. I also like this bit the first time he catches her and he's like, My little sister all grown up, you know, like kind of joking around. And he's like, you know, just yesterday you're playing Barbies and skipping rope. And Auden says, Hollis, please. Mom consider Barbies weapons of chauvinism and nobody's skipped rope since 1950. I just think that's a hysterical line. I love everything about that. Because I'm like, of course your mom would like have some tirade against Barbies. And I just think it's funny that she's like, nobody skips. That's not a thing. Like people, no child actually skips rope. And it just cracked me up. So cute. Then he says, next you'll be married and bouncing a baby on your knee. And I'm like, I don't know if Auden will be doing that. But about all that. Yes. So then we kind of fast forward and we're back on that conversation with mom. She's like, oh, I'm glad to hear you don't have a boyfriend. The last thing you need when you head off to DeVries is some boy begging you to stay with him. A smart woman knows a fling is always best. Actually, a scared woman knows that yes. a friend is always best. Or, you know, no shade if you're like aromantic, whatever, but I don't think that's the case yeah, here. And I just like, oh my God. So then Auden starts to kind of realize that she's happy that she doesn't really think of herself um, as similar to her mother because she's like, you know what? She's actually kind of the worst. <laughs> What I've come Question. to realize is my mom is sort of the worst. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong, Auden. Doesn't have my best interest yeah. in mind at all. Um, so she wants to change the subject. So she's like, oh, how is Hollis doing? And her mom just goes on this whole tirade about how he's like basically how he's bettering himself yes. and his life. And she's pissed because he's not like a vagabond yeah. running around. Europe, Most parents would be years. happy that like, their kid is like, you know what? I did the whole free wheeling thing, and now I've decided right. that I need to be mature about this. I need to get a job, pay some bills, and yeah, her mom's like, I don't want my precious little baby bird to be like every other person. Like, he's my special. Like, 
This is just so strange, the standards that she has for Hollis and Auden. Like, Hollis, she wants to, like, I don't know, like, be dependent on her and, and yeah, just, like, I don't know, not amount to anything in a weird way. Like, I feel like she doesn't want him to amount to anything. And then, on the other hand, she puts all this pressure on Auden and is, like, you have to go be the best student and you have to succeed in life and so on and so forth. And I'm, like, I don't get you, lady. Yeah, it's a very complicated situation. It makes me want to like get into her head and learn more about her because I'm like, how, like, how is this happening at the same time? Yeah, and then she's like, Mom, most people Hollis's age have jobs. <laughs> like, it's not bizarre. Like, it's just, it's so strange. So then we once again flashback, I believe. Uh, well, she says, Yes. To her right before um, she says to her mom, like before we flash back again about, oh no, wait, no, they're mm-hmm. still on. Yeah. Right after they flash back, she's talking about like, again, her mom is just like very anti this relationship. And she's like, if you can even call it a relationship. And Auden goes, call it chicken salad. And she's like, what? It's <laughs> like, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> She's like, I don't even think this is a relationship. It's so dysfunctional. And I'm like, actually, I think this is like a very this healthy relationship. It to sounds him, like, to be honest. Yes. Yes. Like, it's crazy. So, yeah, then we flash back to her, her and Eli at the park, Mart. Very hard to oh, say. That's a tongue twister. They're talking about playing dodgeball, kickball. Auden's like, oh, I definitely did that. And he's like, but you didn't do neighborhood rules. Did you have a lot of neighborhoods? <laughs> did you have a lot of kids did in your neighborhood of, that you could did play I have games? a lot of neighborhoods? Uh, yeah. I mean, there were a lot of neighborhoods in my town. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, that was not. I Me like either. went around. Like I rode my bike with my sisters and my dad, but I we didn't have neighborhood kids but my friends when I got into middle school I made a friend and her street was like the exact opposite and all the neighborhood kids were about the same age and they did all hang out and I was like oh this is how the other half lives because yeah that's just not and I'm not like I felt like I was missing anything from not having kids in my neighborhood I just didn't realize like that was a thing that yeah there was like the neighborhood kids would get together and all hang out and you could just walk across the street and knock on their door you know that wasn't like my experience in my neighborhood In the town I lived in when I was young, I had, like, one neighbor um, that I, like, had a crush on and would, like, hang out with all the time. He would, like, ride our scooters. Um, He ended up going on, like, going, like, anti-woman. Like, I had him on Facebook, and he was, like, posting all this weird shit. And then he started talking shit about Taylor Swift and Jessica Simpson on my page. He came onto my page to start this fight. And I was just like, okay, we get it. You hate women. And then I just like unfriended him. I was like, we're done. So anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. And then in my second town, there were two neighborhoods that had the neighborhood kids, but I did not have. Yeah. I I lived on a main road. Oh, yeah. That's I guess you probably. Yeah. I mean, like there were, I don't want to say there weren't children in my neighborhood, but like on my street, there weren't any kids that were my age. Like my parents were friendly with like the adult neighbors and stuff. And I like liked our adult neighbors, but most of the kids were either older than me or younger than me, so we weren't, like, hanging out, you know? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But he's like, this is crucial for your childhood, and um... Oh, yeah, so he's like, this is something you have to do. We flash back to this terrible fucking phone call with her mother. Um, And... She's saying, oh, you got something from DeFreeze. Do you want me to open it? And Auden's like, sure. So basically, it's like your orientation packet that you would have gotten back in the day when they sent orientation packets yes. in the mail. Um, and, you know, you you can fill out a roommate questionnaire to get matched with the perfect person, basically. Did you fill out one of those? No, I never lived in a dorm. I dodged that bullet, so I never had to do that. My... Oh, my roommates were my sisters and then like friends that I worked with or, or whatnot. Or my last year in college, I was roommates with a girl that I met in one of my like classes. 
But yeah, I never lived in the oh. dorm, so I never had to do that. My sister, my eldest sister, Megan, had um, her first year. She lived in student housing. It wasn't dorms, but it was like it was apartments made for students. So they had a lot of like single, right. you know, singles moving in that they'd room together. So she kind of had to do something like that because she moved in with randos. Um, but I never moved in with a rando. So I never had to do that. Lucky. <laughs> I know a lot of people made really good friends. Very lucky. Though from moving in with randos. So I'd like it works out for some people. <laughs> It definitely does for some people. Neither one of us on this podcast. <laughs> um, we don't play well with randos. <laughs> no. I I lived in the dorms freshman year. Um, it went horribly, but that's another... That is a conversation for a Thursday episode. Um, and then the next year, I lived in like a house with randos. And that also went horribly. So then I just dropped out. So I just said, dropped right no, out. Thank you. So, I was all set and that was that for like three years. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, I found my freshman year roommate on a, like a Facebook yeah. group and it was You're like, like oh, no, thank you. Happened. I don't want to, I don't want to associate with you. Yeah. I mean the people that I roomed with that were friends and not my sisters, <laughs> um, I am no longer <laughs> in contact with. It did not go well. Either of those roommate situations, yeah. but Eh, it's whatever. You live, you learn. Again, happy for all those people it worked no. out for. Not these two girlies, but happy for all those people it worked no. out for. <laughs> We're, We're special. special. So, so then she's like, um, oh, you can request alternate living arrangements. And she's like, meaning what? She said there are certain floors and dorms you can request where everyone has a specific focus, such as foreign languages or sports. Which is like kind of cool if you're not like a psycho. If you're not in the Pembleton program, um, she's like, oh, I signed you up for it. You are housed in a dorm removed from campus. They offer academically strong students an environment dedicates, dedicated solely to their studies with single rooms, on-site research material, and close access to both libraries. Yeah. That sounds Truly horrible. That that's gonna be a big no for me. Thank you yeah. so much. <laughs> like college is your first time to get to like socialize outside of your like yeah. hometown. It's like why why would you? Oh god, yeah, you get this like woman. she's like okay. This sounds like the worst option. So I'm gonna sign my daughter oh, up. For not that. to have any, but like the whole point of college is like finding yourself and like having. Yeah, like a little bit of responsibility that you never had before because you live with your parents and you count on your parents to like do things for you, you know, um, as they should because they're your parents. But you know what I mean? <laughs> right, and then you right, go to college right. and you're like, wow, I have to like make my own doctor's appointments and I have to like do this and do that. And her mom is like, yeah, I'm going to put you in the secluded where you won't make any friends and you won't have a social life and you won't find yourself. That's that's the house. That's the housing I'm putting you in. It's like, thanks so much, mom. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, stay my little clone. Oh, it's crazy. So Auden's like, I don't want to do this. And then her mom like flips out. She's like, basically judging her. She's like, I suppose this is part of your blossoming. Suddenly school isn't important anymore. Just boys and girlfriends and clothes. And then she like hits her with a, you just want to wear pink bikinis. Which I'm like, what? the fuck are you talking about like just because she doesn't Um, want to live in the worst housing on campus you're like well obviously you only care about boys and you wear pink bikinis now and your stepmother is the cause of all of this and it's like what (laughs) how did we get here how how did you go from point a to point B? right (laughs) so quickly it's insane and um auden's like listen i haven't changed this is just me and then can you just send me this like roommate thing so i can fill it out myself and she's like, okay, you make your own decision. And then hung up on her. Yeah, she says, again, like, what an absolute shit mom. She says, it's about your, because yeah. um, she's like, she, Auden's trying to, you know, defend herself. And she's like, it's just me. This is about Heidi. And her mom says, it's about your sudden lack of drive and focus. How could you let yourself get this way? Like, get the fuck out of here, lady. Like, again, all she is saying is, A, I am now... 18 years old and I would like to make the decision of what housing I choose to live in. Could you just send me 
this thing in the mail so I can take a look at it. And B, like, I don't want to live in this like boring thing. Like I would like to have a life and be serious about my studies. And her mom is like, well, you just lack all focus and drive now. But then again, two minutes ago in the conversation, she was like, I'm so sad that your brother has focus now and drive. <laughs> it's like, yes. what, the fuck? what makes you happy, lady? What pleases you? Because whatever both of your children are doing is wrong, according to you. Right. They're both like growing and evolving. And she's like, no, she's like, I must have my little silly boy that always relies Mm -hmm. on me. And I must have my little clone. She wants her cause and both of her children. And can it accept the fact that both of them are growing up and finding out who they are, which is what you are supposed to do in life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, sorry, mom. This is, this is the natural trajectory. Trajectory. So then she leaves her house about, I mean, her room about 20 minutes later and Heidi and her dad, Rob, are fighting because Heidi wants to go out with her friends. She said she'll be back before nine o'clock. You have to take care of the kid, like whatever. And Robert is like, there's no way this will take three and a half hours. I can't stay alone with a newborn it's been a while i can't do this and she's like she's not a newborn she's your daughter um you've raised two lovely children you can do this now go ahead and take her so i can finish getting yes queen we love this we we love love this this. yes heidi this is exactly Mm -hmm. what he has needed to hear since this child was born (laughs) yes it tell him sister Mm. i hope she's going out with isabel i'm certain she is and i hope that they have a great time she deserves it yeah. I hope Morgan and Coley are all there. Yes. And they just like get some okay. underings at the last chance, have a chick night, yes. live their best lives. That's what I hope for all of them. They deserve it. Um, so then he tries to grab Auden. He's like, Auden, could you? And Heidi's like, No, she can't. Keep walking. He's fine. Um, which I just love. I just and then I love this whole interaction where she's like hanging out with Heidi while Heidi finishes getting ready and Oh, she's Heidi's talking about like how Karen has basically helped her get out of her like restrictive ideas of parenting. Like she has to do everything and whatever and taking time for herself and blah, blah, blah. I mean, some, probably something that a lot of women struggle mm-hmm. with because it's like societally, it's like that's all we're good for is being mothers. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. And then surprise, surprise, it's Laura. Again, everyone's like, Oh, Laura's so much like Auden's mom. And again, like we said, surface level, yeah. yes, but clearly she is so much better and different than her mom because she's like, yeah, you know, Karen kept saying it. But again, it's like you hear it from one person and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then like someone else steps in and is like, no, like this, it takes a village to raise a kid. It's not just a one person job. And so she's like, yeah, like, you know, Laura and I have this whole chat. And Auden's like, I didn't realize, like, Laura talked. <laughs> like, you had a – and she's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, see, Heidi's, like, the best at, like, bringing that out in people. And also, again, I'm just like, you know what? I like this Laura. I think she's definitely better than Auden's mom. And I'm I'm happy that she yeah. was able to get Heidi to see the light. Also, fun fact, Heidi is going out in a silver necklace with a key set of redstones around her neck. And I'm like, yes, fucking key reference. Yes. So little little yes. key necklace cameo there. We love it. Of course, Heidi, who is a fashionable queen, would be rocking one because they're the hippest thing. Yeah. Yeah, Heidi makes this like – like uh, Auden's like, you should tell my mother that. She hates her. And she's like, of course she does. It's because they're so similar. They both have that whole cold, bitchy, wary of all other women thing going on. And it's like, yeah. Yep. And then Heidi says that she used to be that way, which is very interesting. So interesting. True. I want – can we get like a prequel on Heidi? I'd love to read it. Me too. That would be amazing. Sarah Dustin's like, no, no, please, no, God, no, I don't do prequels and sequels. And I'm like, okay, I understand, but, 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 or if we can't get a prequel, can I get a sequel, which you also hate writing, of Isabel, Heidi, and Morgan just like going off and being these three badass bitches who are like, we don't need no minor league baseball man to break our heart or freaking Rob, who is a shit father. We just like need our friendship and we're going to go live in a house with like Mira maybe and like just be happy and little Thisbe will be there and she'll be raised by all these amazing women in this one little house 
Oh my god, I and love she'll that. Be like, the best she'll be like the most like well-adjusted little cute nugget i said something this weekend and michael ann's like and you know why bethany never did that what was it that we were talking about she's like she she grew up in a healthy household i we were (laughs) oh bum wine that's what we were yeah yeah you were like i you were like yeah i had never heard of mad dog or i've never had mad dog before and i was like yes that's because you came from a happy home okay (laughs) it was so great I was like, yeah, actually, she's spot on. That is why. Cameron else is like, oh, yeah, my my high school years, I don't remember half of them because I was drinking MD 2020. And everyone talked about it. I was like, I've never heard of this. I don't know what this is. And it's like, yeah, because I was a goody two-shoes who didn't drink in high school because I came from a healthy, happy home. Hilarious. And that's going to be Thisbe's life. Like, she's yes. going to come from, like, a place of love and just, like, a great environment. And she also won't know about Mad Dog. <laughs> she won't know about Bob Wine. It's giving practical magic vibes minus the dead guy. Yes, or maybe exactly. with the dead guy. I don't know. I guess we'll have to find out. In yeah, the sequel. I guess we'll have to find out. <laughs> I guess we'll have to find out. <laughs> Sarah, if you don't want to write it, will you give us permission to use your character so we can write it? Oh, my God. Just asking. Imagine. We're like, hey, we're Sarah Dessen's spinoff authors. Yeah. <laughs> that's, our, that's our new shtick. People will be like, what? That's a thing? It is now. It is now. Thank you. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. But yeah, she says here, Heidi says that um, – you know, that she knows that uh, she says that truly cold bitches end up alone. And that's how she why she thinks that her mom probably isn't because she's like, you know, she has the two of you like she has her children. And I'm like, for now, Heidi. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not too late for her to end up alone. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but I love that Heidi gives her a little gives Auden a little kiss goodbye on the forehead. And yeah. Heidi and Auden like likes it it gets her like a little she's like getting the mom she needed in a lot of ways yes and yeah, I love she's that. like oh wow is this what love and affection feels like I wouldn't know <laughs> she's only 10 years older than her not even right not even yeah not even she's like eight years older than her oh that's oh so weird God, that's so weird so what is she like almost the same age as fucking Hollis probably she's probably only a couple years older than him because if he graduates, he's probably like in his early 20s, like 21, 22, and she's 26. So, yeah, like they could all be siblings, basically. <laughs> like Heidi could be their older sister. And oh that's my weird. God. That's very weird. Robert. But I'm glad that he's there for them. Robert. Robert. Robert, you disgusting human being, you. Seriously. <laughs> So then the, later that night, she's walking to the gas grow and Eli pulls up and is basically like, we got, we have a paper route for the night because this is something you need to do. Um, Which is so funny. Like, do they even do shit like that anymore? Do they even deliver papers? I don't think, like, I honestly don't think so. If they do, it's gotta be, I don't think it's daily anymore. I think it's like, you might get the Sunday paper still, but yeah. So for all you Gen Zers out there, Gen Alphas, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> They're a little young, I think. You're a little young. Uh, you probably should be listening to this podcast. We say a lot of potty words. But for all of you out there, paper routes used to be these things <laughs> that people had because you would get a daily newspaper. But that's not a thing anymore, which is kind of wild. But yeah, it was like the quintessential kid job which i never which is wild to me that that was the quintessential kid job considering it was about waking up super early and like going out on your bike in the 80s were a wild time y'all i don't know how we ever allowed this to happen (laughs) it's like newsies but with more rights for children yes exactly. i i don't even know if i know anyone that had a paper route I don't. I don't think I knew anyone. Do I? My brothers might have, but honestly, I have Mm. no idea. Like, that is such an old school thing. But you know what? I love that he's taken her on one of these. Maybe in small towns, they still exist. Yeah, that could be. So then they kind of, she, she's throwing the, the newspapers and she's not doing a good job. And she's like really beating herself up about it because look at her parents. Mm hmm. 
And again, I think it comes from that like sort of elitist, pretentious opinion her mm-hmm. mom has that it's like, well, you're allowed to be bad at things that are like for smart people, but things like delivering newspapers is beneath you. So you must be good at it right away. And it's like, no, all labor takes skill. There is no yeah. such thing as unskilled labor. All CEOs and executives out there, there is no such thing. So anything that you do, even if it is delivering newspapers, requires practice and skill. And that to Auden is like a mind-blowing concept because she was raised by her mother. <laughs> yeah. So Eli's like, you don't need to be good at it. Like you need to, you don't have to be good at everything right away. And then they kind of start talking about the things that he's failed at in life. Um, he says like algebra, football, Lacey McIntyre, skateboarding on a half pipe. Lacey McIntyre was basically a girl in the eighth grade. He wanted to ask to the dance and he built his courage up for months and months, asked her in the cafeteria and she said, no. Winning over Belissa's dad, who still hates me, convincing my (laughs) little brother not to be such a chump and learning to fix my own car. And... Then we kind of hit like the big thing where he's like, wait, no, 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 we're not, we're not there yet. Yeah, we're not there yet. So we're not quite there yet. They get up to Auden's house. That's what happens. Well, Auden's dad's house. Yes. But I think this is a very, before we get to Auden's house, I think this is a very important thing for people to hear. Like she's saying like, well, I told you I felt that the social thing. And he's like, no, like you didn't attempt to be the homecoming queen and not get it. Like you just never tried. There's a difference. Like you, he's like failing is better than, he's like failing sucks. It's hard, but it's better than opting out. Like, cause at least, you know, you tried. And again, like that's a big thing for Auden. But I also think in general, like I read this whole like think piece on this once, like women, that is the way we are wired because basically when we're very little, instead of being like, wow, you worked really hard on that. You tried on that. You did so good. We're just told that we're good girls. Oh, you're such a good girl. Because when you're younger, boys tend to be a little bit more active and hyper. And they kind of need to be like told to focus, to try. And girls are just told, because they're usually a little bit more mature than boys are when they first enter school, that we're good. We're just, oh, you're good at that. So we, our brains are wired to think that we're either good at something or we suck at something. We're never taught from a young age to try at things. So a lot of, they were saying a lot of women don't go into STEM because all of a sudden they were always good at stuff. They were always good at stuff. You get to like middle school or high school and you have to start trying at math and they go, well, I'm just no good at math. And they give up on it instead Mm -hmm. of trying to work through it. And so they were saying like one of the ways that we need to get more women into the STEM field is basically from a very young age telling them like, wow, you really tried so hard on that. You worked through that. That was a struggle and you tried. And so I loved this. Like I loved that Sarah Destin like wrote a character that basically I think stands for so many women and how we feel. Um, But also, yeah, I think that's like such an important lesson in life. Like it is better to fail at something than to just like opt out and not try at it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I just, anyways, I think that's a very interesting concept and something that I think a lot of women struggle with. Yeah. Yes. Insightful. I like that. It's like how it's like in the Barbie movie when they were like, little girls like aren't allowed to be children. Like we're always like giving them baby dolls and like expecting them to grow to be your only important role, which is mother, only possible role. Mother. Obviously somebody (laughs) said something to me today about me not wanting kids and it has me triggered. (laughs) And it's really, it's really stuck with her. Just saying. Really just kind of. But yeah. Yeah, there's so many things that I feel like people don't realize very unintentionally you're doing children mm-hmm. a disservice. But yeah, it's like, yeah, you're right. Girls, little girls tend to be a little bit more mature at when they first enter school going age. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And again, people will be like, well, what's wrong with telling someone they're good? Nothing inherently. But like the way you choose to kind of, yeah, the way you raise girls and the way you raise boys, I feel like just society like has done us dirty with yeah. that. And that's something that needs to be addressed it. <laughs> it's like Hollis and Auden is society, 
but on like a very dramatic size, yes. dramaticized. Yes, exactly. Scale. And an interesting anecdotal version of how yes. society views men and women basically is, is this. God, Sarah. 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 Legend. You goddamn legend. And they say YA lit isn't like a masterpiece. Like, get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Absolutely fantastic. But yes, we're now at Auden's house. And so they're busy talking. So I almost said Hollis. I almost called Eli Hollis. So Eli just kind of took over, you know, flinging those papers there for a minute because they were like in this conversation about why failure is important and hells yeah, agree with that. But anywho, so they get to the the old house and she's like, I want this one. <laughs> and she chucks the paper right at Heidi's Prius. And Eli's like, listen, I know this is family, but like, I think you should still get out of the car and move that one up to the front porch. So she does. And, you know, it's like three o'clock in the morning that they're doing this and she can hear voices. And she says, if, you know, um, that... What does she say? She says, it was almost 3 a.m., entirely too late for most people to be up unless something bad was happening. So she already gets that, like, gut feeling that this just reminds her of her parents when they used to bicker at this hour. And Heidi is saying, you know, you're saying you don't want the baby. And he's like, this isn't about the baby. And he's like, you know, just like, this is different. Our lives are different. I was a child the first time I had kids. And I was like, yeah, you mean how Heidi is now? (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm much older and... You know, like, this just, this isn't what I wanted. And he's, you know, kind of just, there clearly things aren't sounding good. And it's all too familiar to Auden. And so she kind of walks away. And so she says, you know, I could hear my father starting to say something, but I wasn't a child this time and didn't have to stay and listen. I could leave, disappear into the night, which was vast too, wide and all-encompassing, with so many places to hide. So I did. Yeah. And what's, what's terrible? I mean, Robert is, like, terrible at having an opinion but he (laughs) (laughs) he is like saying he's not ready for the baby and he he doesn't want the this like responsibility basically and he's like but because I was a child when I had my first kids and I did a good job then and it's like wait what like shouldn't you be getting better (laughs) as you get older yeah like shouldn't this be that's how it works more like so this so, be easier now? And yet he's like, our lives are changed. I don't yeah. like this. I don't like that I'm not the center of attention. And it's like, yeah, well. But yeah, maybe he didn't like – he clearly doesn't like being a family man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, exactly. that, Like being a father just does not seem to be his shtick. Uh, right. He wants people just like to dote on him and he wants to be the center of the universe. And obviously when you have children, like you have to make sacrifices and they become kind of the center of the universe. And yeah, our right. boy Rob is just – he's not good at that. No, he shouldn't have been a father. But here he is, being yeah. a father. But here he is, three times over. <laughs> so, yeah, she she walks away before she can hear what else he has to say because the last thing she hears is Heidi saying, this is your family, ready or not, Robert. And she's like, you know what? I'm not going to listen to this anymore. Bye. <laughs> But then Eli brings her to his house and it's, well, his apartment. It's just like a one room apartment. There's a one chair, a bed and a TV. <laughs> and that's a very like 22 year old guy's apartment for sure. Oh, yes. A hundred percent. We've all been in one. That's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> yep. Furniture. Who needs furniture? <laughs> <laughs> right. I only need one chair. I, these, these eight old pizza boxes i made into a coffee table (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh the latest in decor nice and it's like where did you even get milk crates for your nightstand (laughs) like who knows where like milk crates are those still a thing and yet every 22 year old man has one in his apartment (laughs) literally literally um so she's kind of like giving him a little shit for like having nothing in his apartment and then he's like, you know, we don't have to talk about what happened earlier. Which basically when she got into her car, Eli's car, she had like a full breakdown. That fight was very triggering. It brought up a lot of emotions about her parents' divorce and how she she feels responsible for it, basically. Um, 
And But she does take this opportunity to talk and she says, remember how you were asking me what I'd failed at earlier? And he was like, yeah. And she said that basically that she failed, failed at keeping her parents together, which is so sad. And I'm sure a lot of children of divorce feel this way. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just like so heartbreaking because it's like, I mean, you're you're not responsible for this, basically. Right. How exactly. could how could you be? Um, and then this is kind of where we find out that Eli says, like, actually, before we get there, they're still talking about her dad. She's like, my, he's like, yeah, I get like, it's really hard to listen to your parents fight, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she's just like this, my dad and Heidi, things have been pretty bumpy since Izby came, since Izby came. And tonight, I guess things just blew up. And then he's like, I don't know, people can change. Like, maybe your dad will get better. Like, maybe this is just like a rough patch, basically. And she's like, I don't really know about that. Um, And then this is when we, this is when he's making her Rice Krispie treats because he said that that's what his mom always did when her, when his sisters were crying. And I just think that's the cutest goddamn thing ever. It really is. I love that he's like not perfect at this. Like, yes, she came back to the car. He saw that she was upset and he was like, obviously, like any decent human being would be like, are you okay? She starts crying and he's like, shit. Okay. Like, I got to do something for her. I'm going to take her back to my place. Like, she needs to go somewhere where she can like feel comfortable, like breaking down. And she's kind of explaining why she's breaking down and he's, he's doing a good job, you know, like he's doing the best that he can, but he's not like, he's yeah a 22 year old guy like he's not whatever I think he might be a little younger than that but you know what I mean he's like about early 20s right he's not great at this like he's like ah, I don't know what to do like, mm-hmm. and so he just automatically thinks like well what would my mom do and his when his sisters used to get upset like that's what his mom did and so that's what, like I just love his little explanation here he's like um this is what my mom always did when my sisters are crying he glanced back at me I don't know I told you I never have company you were upset and it just seemed like he's like I'm sorry is this is this not right the right thing I don't I don't know what to do I don't know what I'm doing here and it's like adorable to me and it's like yeah. no that is the right thing like you're trying you're letting her talk about it you're offering her comfort you're offering her a safe space um and and yeah and apparently some really good rice krispies so we love that and i just think it's the sweetest thing and i love that he immediately like i love how much his mom means to him and that like he immediately if there's ever any kind of issue he just thinks like what would my mom do in this situation and or brings his mom into the situation in in the instance of heidi so yeah we love that about i love thank you so much what a sweet boy you are you are a little sweetie sweetie aww and Karen, you're a legend. I know. Karen, you are a legend. You really, except for Jake, I don't know how that one got so messed up. But There's always <laughs> you clearly one. raised your children, right? There's always one. There's always one. There's always one. So they sit on the sit on the floor, eat the rice crispy treats, drink some coffee. And she's like still kind of ragging on him for not having any furniture. And he was like, Well, it's really because all of the furniture at my old place was Abe's. And then he kind of opens up a little bit about Abe. He's like, he had one of those singing fish, which I feel like is so on brand for what we know of Abe, like to have one of those singing <laughs> fish. That's amazing. Um, and he insisted on those like big circular chairs filled with squishy cushions, which are apparently called papasan chairs, which I did not know that. I did not know. I had no idea what those was called. I just always called them the circle chairs. Circle chairs. <laughs> circle wicker chairs. So, hmm. but people would always have to be pulled out of them because they were so deep and hard to get out of. And he's just like, yeah, Eli was, I mean, Abe was just like silly and ridiculous. Um, he had a water bed that he like refused to admit that it was uncomfortable. And so uh, Auden's like, so what happened? Did he finally give up on the um, water mattress? And he's like, no, he died. And it's like, oof. Yeah. Oof. Stepped into that one on accident. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, everyone always wants to tell these stories all the stories, it's all anyone wanted to do at the funeral and after, oh, I remember this thing and this and what about this? But the ending to every story is the same. He dies. That's never going to change. So why even bother? 
And it's like, oh, oh, Eli. Eli. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. That's a fair point. I can understand yeah. it being like, I don't know, we keep doing this. We all know how the story ends and it's not happy, but it is nice to talk about the happy stuff too. Exactly. And that's kind of what Auden says. She's like, you know, like that's how people remember. Like they like to remember. And he's like, but I don't have that problem. Like I'm not going to not remember him. But it's like, yeah, that's fair. But instead of just always thinking about the sad ending, like people like to think of the before right. happy times too, you know? Right. He's like, I'm, I have no problem not remembering because the whole entire every single second of his existence he's just blaming himself for abe's death so he's not even like it's not even like oh i don't i don't need help remembering like i think happy things about him every day it's like no you you're beating yourself up every day for something that was not your fault and out of your control completely and this is where he says like you want to talk about failure try being the one who's driving who got to live which is just so heavy, too heavy for a yeah. young kid to have to deal with for anyone, yeah. really, but especially like a young right. kid. And she like really is like, Eli, this isn't your fault. And he's like, the bottom line is I'm here and he's not. And everyone who sees me, his parents, his girlfriend, his friends, they know that. In all the uncertainty, it's the one thing they know for sure. And it sucks. And she's like, I'm sure that they don't hold that against you. Like, and I'm sure that they don't. Um, right exactly he wasn't drinking and driving the driver who hit them was like anything wrong so yeah he starts thinking about like what if what if what if which is like very common after someone dies like what if i did something differently it's like um but then they both are like kind of quiet for a moment and she's like you know you can't think like that you'll make yourself crazy and then they hear Eli's neighbors, the McConners, who have a little boy who like wakes up in the middle of the night for water. And then they like lay on his bed and she just decides like, okay, I'm going to fall asleep. And when they're snuggling, she said, it's late. He should go to sleep. Oh, about the little boy. And Eli's like, not always so easy. And Auden, while she's falling asleep, is kind of thinking, like, shh, everything's all right. Like, she's feeling really comforted by being in Eli's presence, laying in his bed. Like, a comfort that I don't think she's felt maybe ever or for a really long time. And she just falls asleep on his chest. (laughs) This is one of those tropes that I want everyone to know I'm always a sucker for, where it's like, the people that can't sleep, but when they finally get together, they finally can get a good night's rest kind of thing. I'm like, mm-hmm. listen, has it been done before? Yes. Will it be done again? Absolutely. Does it make me go, oh, every time? Yes. Yeah, yeah it does. I think it's precious. And I think it's precious because there is, like, validity to it. Like, that is yeah. a real thing. Like, when you are comfortable and you feel safe, like, it's crazy. You can sleep when your mind's not racing a million miles a minute which obviously both Auden and Eli can't sleep because they can't like quiet you know their minds their trauma yeah exactly so she wakes up at 7 30 she's like feeling really good she's feeling relaxed she sees that he's still sleeping she doesn't know like she's like I have no idea what I could possibly say to him in a note that could convey how grateful I am for everything he's done and adorable so yeah, she absolutely adores. <laughs> so they're like little love language. She fills his coffee and turns it to brew before she leaves. So he'll have fresh coffee when he wakes up. This is very reminiscent to me of when Remy sleeps at Dexter's the first time. And the next morning she wakes up and she's like, uh, what do I do? I'm going to clean his room. Yes. <laughs> like I like that both Auden and Remy are like, hmm, what is my love language? Cleaning. Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I and love, that's what they do. That is really Adorable. cute. I love that. But she's feeling good. She's she's going for a walk. She's going home. And she says, I was more aware than ever of the salt in the air, the beauty of the rambling roses climbing along someone's fence, even the friendliness I felt towards the bicyclist I passed, an older woman with a long braid wearing a crazy orange jogging suit and whistling to herself. Me- yeah! Yeah! Queen. She's oh back. my god, yes. Oh yes. I was so First happy. Auden, 
you were in love because you're like, oh, everything was better the next morning. The birds are tripping. They're not real. The birds, the, we'll, you'll find out about that on Thursday. Yeah. Um, the birds are tripping. The sun is shining. And I'm like, oh, my little sweetie, she's in love. And then I'm like, oh, stop the presses, Mira. Mira. And I love how Mira appears in like her happiest moment so far. It's yes, like it's like she's a little she angel. Oh, as she should. We love she Mira. She is a little angel. I love her. I love her so much. But then she gets home, and her dad is bailing. And Rob always messing it up. Mm-hmm. Her dad is bailing. He's like, this is just. He's like, I'm gonna stay at a hotel for a couple nights. Like, this is what we decided was better for everybody, and. She just keeps being like, you're leaving? He's like, it's only temporary. This is better. The fact that he says this is better for the baby is so fucked up because it's like, no, the only person this is better for is you. Exactly. So he's like, it's complicated. Just give us some time, okay? And then he leaves, which is like insane and she basically is like i she didn't have the energy to like try to fight with him about leaving she just let him leave because she's like there's i could have asked him to reconsider to think of all of other options to stay and yet nothing came nothing and i just watched him go again it's like she's not even surprised she was like it's like she was waiting for this moment right like this is how it always ends with him and then she goes upstairs and she hears isby making little baby noises and she goes inside and takes a little look at her sister, and her sister smiles at her. Hmm. Is there? Yes. The girls are all going to be all right. I hope Rob isn't personally, because fuck that guy. But Rob and my needs, girlies, they're thriving. Rob needs to get axed. By axed, I mean just yeah. divorced. He doesn't need to get murdered yeah. with an axe. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Isabel wants to come along and like nobody no crime him, in which yeah, case I'm yeah. fine with that. True. <laughs> True. We would like it to be known here in Hate Spinner Bait, we don't condone murder. Don't condone murder here at Hate Spinner Bait. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, uh, we're kidding. I don't want anyone in our comments being like, um, yeah. they um, said that parting of a hand. No. Um,. <laughs> <laughs> those those man murderers <laughs> oh man we are sleepy so we are gonna go record our thursday episode now expect yeah. chaos as you always oh. should honestly so much chaos and so much chaos. take care of yourselves and Thank you. uh, yeah.